0: Good morning. For those that don't know me, I'm Jaron Martin. Uh, My family and I have been attending since 2018 when we were posted here. I could point to them, but they're obviously not here, as my wife is working and both kids are sick. And that that highlights some of why I may be an unfamiliar face, as deployments and taskings have not always had me here in the building. Um, And and that started to weigh on my heart. So one morning at coffee I talked to Byron about how I felt like I needed to be more involved, and uh, so Byron asked me if I would do communion, and this still small voice said yes, and it was, uh, I've, I've heard it before, uh, it's often the voice that I hear when I'm supposed to do something before the rest of my brain takes over, uh, so I pulled out my phone and I checked that I would be here, uh, as I coached hockey this morning until 9.30, and I said yes, uh, so Then Byron told me, well, Colossians 1, 15 to 23 is the reading for that day, so if you can tie that in as well, that'd be great. And my brain started to run (laughs) and thinking, oh, what have I agreed to? (laughs) So uh, I got home, I picked up my Bible, uh, I tried to find Colossians, so uh, General Electric Power Company, it's a good trick, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, for those that need to find it. Um, uh, So I, I got it and I read it and then I read it again, and then I read it again, and I'm trying to think, how does this set the stage for communion? Um, still unsure, I, I opened up my devotional, and uh, I read a devotional with God daily uh, by Sky Jathani. It's a, it's a great devotional, um, and uh, he's doing a series that was uh, called uh, For Internal Communion and External Worship, which was quite interesting. And the series was actually looking at a Christian from over a century ago who wrestled deeply with their faith, uh, Vincent van Gogh. Um, I knew van Gogh for his paintings, uh, his whole ear thing, um, his mental health, uh, but what I didn't know about him was uh, about his faith. He, at one point, was so intensely faithful, he quit painting to become a missionary, and later in his life, he was quoted saying, the God of the clergymen, he's as dead to me as a doornail. So we had a very volatile relationship with faith. So this day, um, the devotional showed a picture, and I think that it's this picture. It's an older man, deep in prayer. When Van Gogh painted this in uh, 1890, he was actually a patient at an asylum in St. Remy, dealing with his mental health. He'd originally drawn this picture in charcoal eight years previously. So while struggling with mental illness, he started to identify with that old man in prayer, maybe. He was seeking God's presence and comfort. And in this painting, Van Gogh paints his shirt, his pants, and even his socks in a blue color. This was a color that Van Gogh was known to use to symbolize the infinite. This peasant man alone in a barren room uh, entered into the presence of the infinite one through prayer. So you might be starting to see what this has to do with Paul's poem in Colossians and Communion. If you don't, uh, just give me a couple more minutes. I'd I like to build suspense. So Michael talked about the opening of Colossians. Paul was writing to a new church plant that is growing and bearing fruit. Um, and it's from the gospel that he had brought there. He opens in prayer, bringing thanksgiving to God uh, for what is taking root there. Paul is praying to God for the church in Colossae to experience the knowledge of God's will, wisdom in the Holy Spirit, kindness, gentleness, Endurance, patience, forgiveness, and the inheritance of Christ. Andrew Wright says the climax of Paul's prayer is that young Christians will learn the art of thanksgiving. What Paul most wants to see growing in the church as a sign of a healthy Christian life on the way to maturity is gratitude to God for the extraordinary things he's done in Jesus and the remarkable things he's continuing to do in the world and their lives. So that is the climax of this prayer, that brings us to what is sometimes known as the first poem of the New Testament. And it's unsure whether if Paul wrote the poem or he took the poem from somebody else. Um, but he finishes this, this prayer wanting everybody to be grateful for the person of Christ with this poem describing the wonder that is at the center of Christianity. It isn't a way, it's not a system, it's not a worship style, It isn't a new way of holiness or a set of orders. Christianity at the center is about Jesus Christ. So if you want to, you can flip to Colossians, General Electric Power Company. One, starting in verse 15. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you have heard, and that I've, that, which has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, have become a servant." Jesus Christ is the one through whom and for whom the whole creation was made in the first place. When the lavish and generous beauty of the world makes you catch your breath, it is like that because of Jesus. But unlike the original intention, there is also ugliness and evil summed up in death itself. The living God acted to heal the world of wickedness and corruption which so radically infected it. The Jesus through whom the world was made in the same Jesus, through whom the world was now been redeemed. He is the firstborn of all creation and the firstborn from the dead. So, with Paul's poem in mind, I see this picture of an old man, nothing around him but communing with the presence of the infinite one. It's not a glorious worship event, but faith, sustained by prayer pursuing Christ at its center. True faith is nourished by prayer, centered on Christ, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, the firstborn from the dead and the head of his body, the church. Today, as we gather at this table, we remain centered on God's presence through the person of Jesus. I would ask those who are serving communion to come forward. As we take communion... We recognize that the person of Christ was to serve as the mirror image of the God who is there but whom we cannot see. Today, we come like that man, head in hand, seeking the presence of Christ. In communion, we acknowledge the crucifixion of Christ, that his body was broken, his blood was spilt for our redemption. As Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, The cup of blessing that we bless, it is, is it not the participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, it is not the participation in the body of Christ, because the loaf of bread is one. We, though many, are one body, as we all partake of the one loaf. Today, as we enter communion as one body, may we seek that intimate communion of our spirit with God. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. I will raise them up at the last day, for my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. And he took bread, gave thanks and broke it, gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Father, we, we recognize that sometimes we come to the communion table with distracted hearts and distracted minds. But through communion, through the cross, through the body and the blood, we, we get a glimpse of the person of God that we cannot see. And we commune, we collectively feel your presence, and we acknowledge your sacrifice through this process. Father, I thank you that you prepared hearts ahead of this, to come to you and to realize that even if in a barren room all we have is prayer, we still have so much through
1: your love and your grace.